0: Hi, I'm Andy, and this is Sending Starlight, where I speak of stories. Hello, everyone. As you can guess, this episode continues the story of the bamboo cutter and the moon child. Previously, we've heard of how the bamboo child was born and how, as Princess Moonlight, she sets her five suitors into trials before either of them could have her hand in marriage. What will happen to the five knights who propose to Princess Moonlight? Will the old bamboo cutter finally see his daughter getting married? Or will there be a different ending? Tune in to the second episode to find out! The first knight sent word to the princess that he was starting out his quest for the Buddha's bowl. But he did not have the courage to go all the way to India. So he went to a temple in Kyoto and took a stone bowl from there instead. He wrapped it in a cloth of gold and waited quietly for three years before returning to the old man. Princess Moonlight was surprised to see that the first knight could return so soon she unwrapped the bowl and waited for it to fill the room with light but it did not shine at all immediately the princess knew that it was not the real bowl of buddha she returned it at once and refused to see him the knight threw the bowl away and went home in despair he gave up all hopes of ever winning the princess the second knight left his home in secret while telling the princess that he set out for Mount Horai to get her the gold and silver branch that she asked of him. When he reached his destination, he employed six jewelers to help him make a gold and silver branch that could convince the princess that it indeed came from the wonderful tree in Mount Horai, as everyone around him have said that Mount Horai was a myth and not a fact. When the branch was finished, he went home, and tried to make himself look as if he was worn with travel. He brought the jeweled branch to the woodcutter and begged for him to present it to the princess. Deceived by the knight's worn appearance, the old man tried to persuade the princess to see him, but she remained silent. The old man began to take out the branch and praised it as a wonderful treasure that could only be found by someone so brave to go to a place as far as Mount Horai. Princess Moonlight inspected the branch carefully. She knew it was impossible for the man to have obtained a branch from the gold and silver tree so easily, so she believed it was a fake. The old man then asked the knight where he had found the branch, so the knight started telling him a story.
1: Two years ago, I started my sail in search of Mount Horai. After going before the wind for some time, I reached the Far Eastern Sea. Then a great storm arose and I got tossed about for many days before landing on an unknown island. There, I nearly got eaten by demons. However, I managed to make friends with these horrible creatures, and they helped me and my sailors to repair the boat, and I set sail again. Our food soon gave out, and we suffered much from sickness on board. At last, 500 days since my journey, I saw the peak of a mountain in the horizon. A closer look, it was a mountain island. I landed there, and after wandering about for two or three days, I saw a shining being who told me that yes, I have indeed landed on Mount Horai. With all my might, I climbed into the summit, there stood the golden tree with its silver roots. As fascinating as the place were, I hurried back as soon as I had retrieved the branch. It took me four hundred days to get back, and as you can see, my clothes are still damp from sea water and rain. It mattered to me not, as long as the princess could receive my gift. Just at this moment, the six
0: jewelers employed by the second knight arrived at the princess's house. And asked the princess to be paid for their labor. They said that they had worked for over a thousand days making the branch of gold with jeweled fruits, but they did not get paid. Again, the knight's deception was called out, and so the princess gladly sent back the branch. She paid the jewelers a hefty sum and they left happily, but on their way back they encountered the knight who beat them out of rage that they laid out the secret. The knight then left his home in hopelessness and retired to a solitary life in the mountains. Now, the third knight had a friend in China, so he wrote to him to get him the skin of the fire rat. This animal was special, for no fire could harm it. He promised to his friend all the money he could ever give, as long as he could get this fire rat. When his friend returned from China, he met with him and handed his friend a large sum of money in exchange for the fire rat's skin. He came home and put it carefully in a box and sent it to the princess. The bamboo cutter carried the box to his daughter and again tried to persuade her to see the knight at once. But Princess Moonlight refused. She said that she needed to test whether the skin would burn in an open fire. So she opened the box and threw the skin into fire. The skin crackled and burned up at once, and the princess knew that this man had not fulfilled his word. The third knight also failed. The fourth knight had his own tricks. Instead of going on a quest to find a dragon who owned the 5 colored jeweled, he called all his servants and ordered them to seek the jewel far and wide in Japan and in China, and none of them could return, until so they found it. His servants, however, already knew that those orders are improbable, and so they just left on their own travels. Meanwhile, the fourth knight was already so sure that his servants would not fail in retrieving the jewel. So he already decorated his house for a reception with the princess. One year passed, and still his men did not return with the dragon jewel, and the knight became desperate. Finally, he set out on a journey to find the dragon jewel itself. Even as his captain and his sailors embarked on the absurdity of the search, The night continued anyway. A few days into the voyage, the knight and his crew got hit by a powerful storm. Worn out from travel and weather, the fourth knight washed ashore with a heavy cold and fell asleep on the beach. The governor of the place rescued him and took him into his house. While he rested, the knight's love for the princess had turned into anger for he thought that the princess only wished to get rid of him by sending him into an impossible quest. When the knight's servants had returned, they were surprised to find that their master did not punish them for not retrieving the jewel. The knight told them that he was sick of adventures and would never go near the princess again. And like all the rest, the fifth knight also failed in his quest or he could not find the swallow shell. News of Princess Moonlight's beauty soon reaches the ears of the emperor and so he sent one of the court ladies to see her beauty in person as he was interested to make the princess one of his ladies-in-waiting. When the court lady arrived in spite of her father's pleas princess moonlight refused to see her the imperial messenger insisted saying that it was the emperor's order then princess moonlight told the old man that if she was forced to go to the emperor's palace she would vanish from the earth when the emperor was told that the princess refused to come he determined to go and see her so he planned to go hunting at some place near the woodcutter's house to see the princess himself. He informed the old man, who then approved of his plans. The next day, he embarked to the woodcutter's house as planned. He then entered the house and went straight to the princess's place. When he entered, the emperor was stunned at the princess's unrivaled beauty. He could not even bear to look at her soft radiance. When Princess Moonlight noticed that a stranger was looking at her, she tried to escape from the room. But the emperor caught her and asked her to listen to what he has to say. The emperor fell deeply in love with her and begged her to come to the court where he would give her a position of honor and everything she could wish for. He intended to bring her into the palace at once, saying that her beauty belongs in the court, not in a bamboo cutter's house. But the princess stopped him. She said that if she were forced to go into the palace, she would turn at once into a shadow. And even as she spoke, she began to lose her human form. Her figure faded from his sight while he looked emperor then promised to leave her free, if only she would resume her former shape, so she did. It was now time for the emperor to return, so he bade her goodbye and left the house with a sad heart. Princess Moonlight was, for him, the most beautiful woman in the world. All others were dark beside her, and he thought of her night and day. His Majesty now devoted much of his time in writing about his love for her. And though she refused to see him, still she replied with her own verses, saying that she would marry no one to his her. Even so, the little songs always give the Emperor pleasure As time goes, her foster parents began to notice that night after night, the princess would gaze into the moon for hours before bursting into tears. Finally, the old man asked her what exactly was wrong. With many tears, she told him that his father was right, that she was not an earthly human. She was indeed sent from the moon and her time on Earth would soon be over. On the 15th of August, her friends from the moon would come to take her back, and she would have to return to the moon world, back to her original parents. But she was heartbroken to think that she would have to leave her kind and caring foster parents here on Earth. When her attendants heard about this, they became saddened. At the thought that the princess would leave them so soon. The news soon reached the emperor, and he sent his messengers to find out whether the news are true. The old bamboo cutter went out to meet the imperial messengers. In his sorrow, he told them that the reports were true. He intended, however, to capture the moon envoys so that they could not bring the princess back. On the fifteenth day of that month, the emperor sent guards of two thousand warriors to watch the house. All of them were well-trained archers with bows and arrows. The bamboo cutter and his wife hid Princess Moonlight in an inner room. The old man gave orders that everyone must keep strict watch to protect the princess. He hoped that these forces would be enough, but the princess told him that it would be useless, for nothing would stop the moonfolk from taking back one of their own. Then she added tearfully that she was very, very sorry to leave him and his wife, whom she had grown to love as her own parents. She vowed to return to Earth and repay their kindness. bright full moon, the thousand troops waited in anticipation. When they saw that the night became grey, they sighed in relief, as they thought that Princess Moonlight would not have to leave them. But then a giant cloud appeared over the moon and rolled towards the earth, heading towards the house. The sky became completely obscured, and a flying chariot a group of luminous beings. One of them, who looked like the king,
1: called for the old man to see him. The time has come, he said, for Princess Moonlight to return to the moon. She had been sent to earth to repent for her past mistake. We know that you have taken good care of her, and we have rewarded your generosity through the and stones we put in the bamboos that you find every day. I have raised the princess for over twenty years, and not one bad thing she had committed," said the old man. You must be mistaken. Please look elsewhere. Then the messenger called aloud, saying, Princess Moonlight, come out from this lowly dwelling. You will not rest for another moment. At these words, the screens of the princess' room slid open
0: of their own accord, revealing the princess shining in her own radiance. The messenger led her forth and placed her in the chariot. She looked back and saw with pity the deep sorrow of the old man. She comforted him, telling him that she did not leave him on her own will and that she can always remember her by looking at the moon. The bamboo cutter asked to be allowed to accompany her, but he was forbidden from doing so. The princess was given an elixir of life to drink. She tried to share it to the old man, but the moon being stopped her. Another of the moon being was about to dress her with a robe of wings, but before it was put on her shoulders, she said, Wait a moment i must not forget my good friend the emperor i must write to him once more to say goodbye while i still have this human form in spite of the impatience of the moon messengers the princess wrote a letter to the emperor and placed a vial of the elixir of life with the letter she gave them to the old man and asked him to deliver it to the emperor then the chariot began to roll towards the moon, and everyone in the house gazed with tearful eyes as a princess. And then dawn broke into the light of day, and the moon chariot was now lost behind the clouds of early morning. Princess Moonlight's letter soon reached the palace. His Majesty the Emperor was too afraid to touch the elixir of life so he sent it with the letter to the top of the most sacred mountain in the land, Mount Fuji. There, the royal emissaries burned the letter on the summit at sunrise. That is how a smoke came to rise from the top of Mount Fuji to the clouds. And sometimes, you can see the moon princess and her radiance when it comes at full moon.